heaven is what we're talking about today. In our Afterlife series, uh, you know, everybody in this room, unless Jesus comes back in our lifetime, which that would be awesome, um, but everybody in this room is going to die. So look at the person next to you and say, you're going to die. Yeah, look, yeah, that's fine. That's kind of creepy, isn't it? It's kind of creepy. You're going to die, yeah. But it's, it's so true. We're, we're all going to die, and there's going to be a, a place that we go to for an eternity. Now, it's so hard to imagine an eternity because we are so finite with our time. And so to an imagine an eternity is like, man, what does that even look like? You know, what is that? I mean, you know, wait, waiting in line at, at, a, at a, for a ride at Six Flags or Disney, or man, this is an eternity, you know? You ever said that? You're waiting in line for this ride for like two hours, you know? We, we went to uh, Dollywood uh, over, uh, over break, uh, and uh, we, we were blessed. I had somebody give uh, our family tickets, and given a family of eight tickets to Dollywood, that's a blessing, Amen. Yes, yeah, so we're very grateful for that. And so we got a chance to get away, and, um, and there was this one line we went in. We waited a long, long time, and we got up there, and it was literally, we were the next one. And then it said, the ride shut down, mechanical issues, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we're like, are you kidding me? And, and, and they did it even worse than that. They are like, hey, it's going to be a little bit of wait, five minutes. We're like, okay. Then they added 10 minutes, and then 15, and then finally they said, you know, we're, I mean, we've committed, right? I mean, we're, we're there. I mean, the gate is right here, ready to open. And so, but we had to leave. And, but that felt like an eternity, but really it's not. So how can we fathom an eternity, uh, in, in, what that looks like with our finite minds? I, I guess the best way I can describe it is if, imagine if we, if we got a rope, and we uh, took that rope from, from Emerson, Georgia, and we, carried, uh, we put that rope all the way over uh, to the other side of the world, say somewhere in China, and we had that long rope. That's a pretty long rope. Now, let's say if I got a, a, a black Sharpie, and here on this end, here in Emerson, Georgia, on this part of the rope, at the beginning of the rope, I put a small little dot just on the, with that Sharpie on that rope, right? That dot represents your life. That dot represents my life compared to how long that rope is. And when you get to the other end of the rope, eternity has just begun. Now, that's hard to imagine. But some, um, some people, most people realize that we will spend an eternity somewhere either in heaven or in hell. Now, in this Afterlife series, this is actually week three. Uh, The first week, we talked about hell. We visited hell. We didn't go to hell, but we talked about it. And then uh, last week, we talked about the um, the heaven, uh, the present heaven, and uh, and the present earth. And and then today, we're going to talk about the, the eternal heaven. But you know, Satan does not want us to even think about heaven or hell. He's doing his best to get us, um, uh, get heaven and hell off of our radar screen. He doesn't even want us to think about it. Why? Because if, if we knew, if, if the world really knew and understood that to get to heaven, to be with Jesus, all we have to do is believe in the Son of Jesus Christ. 
We have to confess our sins to him. Let him be Lord and Savior of our life. Walk, walk in the life of a follower of Christ. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. I'm a pastor. I make mistakes all the time. You're going to stumble. But you get back up and you, and you go by grace and you live that life of righteousness and try to be the person Jesus wants you to be because you love him. And then you're, I mean, you're going to heaven. It's, it, it's really not that hard. I mean, let me tell you what's hard. Living a life of, of sin and the consequences of sin in your life as it builds up and builds up, that is so much harder with so much regret and shame than living a life surrendered to Jesus Christ. And so, but Satan does not want us to, to know that heaven even exists. In fact, uh, I've heard, I shared this last week, I've heard preachers tell me, you know, heaven is just so beautiful, you can't even imagine it. Okay? Then I won't imagine it. it but, but God is saying, we're going to get to this later, God wants us to imagine heaven. And Satan doesn't even want us to know about hell. In fact, there are people... There are people who walk in this life, and they think hell is sort of a make-believe place. And Satan is like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a make-believe place. You believe that. And he's the one who's casting that lie within our culture, within the entire world. Remember, he is the prince of darkness in this world. And so he's going to do everything he can to get heaven and hell off of our radar screens. Well, in, in, in what I shared last week with the, with the present heaven, for those who have accepted Jesus Christ, you're going to a present heaven. Present heaven is a place where it's not the eternal heaven. And so I used the analogy last week, like if, if I was uh, flying from here to San Diego, California, and, and my destination was California, but I was dropping in by Dallas, Texas for a layover for a day, and the next day going over to San Diego, um, I, I wouldn't tell people I'm going to Dallas. I'll tell people I'm going to San Diego. I'm not going to Dallas. I'm just stopping by Dallas. That is the present heaven. And, and I shared scripture last week, lots of scripture, that the present earth where we live right now, the present earth and the present heaven coexist together. They coexist together. Now, where that present heaven is, I don't know. We, we, the Bible's kind of unclear where that present heaven is, but that present heaven does exist as much as our present, uh, present earth. And so uh, this week, we're going to talk about the new heaven and the new earth. I, I, I gave you a little, bit of, um, a little bit of information about this last week, that the present, uh, the present earth and the present heaven will disappear and what they will do is uh, we will have a new heaven and a new earth. And so God will destroy this earth with fire. We could talk about that through Revelation and other, other uh, passages of Scripture and the prophets. But this world will be, uh, will be destroyed by fire, but it will be renewed now, when I say destroyed, it's not going to blow up like Star Wars, you know, boom, you know. But it's going to, um, what we see, the skin of this earth, it's going to be destroyed. And there's going to be a new earth, and there's going to be a new heaven, and we're going to rule and reign on this new earth with this new heaven. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, that doesn't sound like fun. Uh, we're, we're going to be here on earth? I mean, I just spent a lifetime here on earth. I want to go, I want to go where, where there's, uh, you know, 
uh, all kinds of beautiful things and what heaven is. Well, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be awesome. We don't know what the earth will look like. We don't know if, we don't know what the continents are going to be the same. We don't know what kind of oceans, even if there will be oceans. You know, we know there will be a river of life flowing from the throne of God. Okay, maybe there'll be some, some bass fishing in there. I don't know. But there will be, there will be a new heaven on this new beautiful earth. I, I, you may have seen some beautiful pictures and, and even visited some awesome places on this earth. One of the most beautiful places I, I've been to is Colorado. And in Colorado, I went there one time in the summer in July, and I went hiking by myself. I, I, I was telling somebody this story last week. They're like, you're nuts. And so I went hiking up to the second highest peak in Colorado, Pikes Peak. And I didn't, I didn't have a stick. I didn't have any. I had a water bottle like, like this, you know, like what I carry. I had a water bottle. Uh, I, I didn't have any, like, hiking boots, a backpack or anything. I said, you know, I'm just going to go hiking. <laughs> And so I went up, and I was past the tree line, like where it's, there's no oxygen for trees, all right? You know, and, and so I'm like hiking by myself, and I'm just following the trail, and I get so high that there's snow up to my waist. And I'm like, and it's July. And I get to this point where I, I climb, kind of scale this little 15-foot wall, and, uh, and at the top there's a frozen lake up there, and I'm like, this is amazing. It's so beautiful. Imagine those pictures, and you may have pictures in your mind of places you've been on this earth, and you say, what a beautiful, beautiful sight. Maybe it's a, it's a Blue Ridge Parkway. You park your car and you look out and say, this is so beautiful. Imagine heaven is going to be more beautiful than that. There's going to be colors there that, that the Bible tries to describe some of the colors. The Bible even describes some of, the, some of the, the rocks and the materials, but there's no words to describe what they are, just sort of made-up words. But, but God wants us to think about heaven. And here's the reason why. Here's why we know this. Jesus talked about heaven. He talked about heaven is like this. Heaven is like this. Heaven is, I mean, there's parables all over the New Testament there with, uh, with uh, descriptions of what heaven is like. And so if Jesus didn't want us to think about heaven, he would not have even said those things. God wants you to think about heaven. God wants you to imagine heaven on this earth. And here's what I love about this. Because if heaven was some sort of far-off weird place where Yoda lives, you know, or whatever. I mean, if heaven was some sort of place like that, it's, it's like we can't even imagine it. But, but God's like, no, it's going to be right here. So, so I would imagine that it's going to have mountains. It's going to have rivers. It's going to have streams. It's going to have lots of good things. And why did God choose to have heaven here on earth? You know why? Because when he created earth, you know what he said? This is good. This is good. You know, God's not going to be like when, when, when uh, mankind is done and, and, and the judgment is, is, is done. God's not going to be like, man, that earth, that's not good. Boom. You know, fireworks. God says, no, this is good. He's not going to, to destroy the earth. He's going to restore 
the earth. It's just like Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, remember, he said, he looked at man and says, this is good. What I've created, human beings, this is good. And so when Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't say, ah, man, it's ruined. Okay, off to hell. And just send them straight to hell with no chance of grace, no Jesus coming in to this world. No, he didn't. Why? Because it is good. I've tried to make things, you know, around the house, carpentry. One time in early marriage, I I told Susanna, I'm going to make this table. And so I made this little, this little table, just like a little nightstand deal, and literally it, it wobbled like you would not believe. I mean, it, just, it was like, are you kidding me? And so I, I trashed it. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. But God, everything that God makes is good, and he's not going to trash it. Isn't that a good message for you today? Have you ever wondered in your life, what does God think of me? What does God think of me? I've messed up. I've done things in my life. God just wants to send me to hell. No, he doesn't. And the proof is with Adam and Eve. God could have totally totally have done that. Adam and Eve sinned. Uh, There's nobody else here. Nobody will know. Okay, just send them to hell. I'll start over. Now, he wants to renew He wants to restore. Isn't that a good message for you today? He wants to restore you. He wants to renew you. He believes in you because he thinks you are good. I don't know about you, but that is a great message right there. I mean, we could could stop. We can go home. Some of you are like, yeah, let's go home. You know, I don't know. But that right there is reason enough to come because you are good. You are a creation of God. So don't think he's done with you. He's not. And he's not done with this earth. He's going to give heaven here on this earth because it is good. He's in the business of restoration. And so uh, on this, um, uh, in, in this passage in Acts chapter 3, uh, we, we have a proof of this. In Acts chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 21, uh, it says this. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. There it is. He's going to restore everything. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God. Heaven must receive him. He is there in the present heaven. And so heaven is a place here on earth. There was an old song uh, back when I was in high school. We make heaven a place on earth. He makes heaven a place on earth. Some of y'all may know that song. Um, But heaven is a place on earth. And um, in Isaiah chapter 66 verse uh, 17, we're going to look at this. Um, Now, I'm going to set this up. Isaiah was a prophet like 450 years before Jesus. Now, Jesus was like 2,000 years ago. Isaiah was a prophet of 450 years ago. God, like, spoke to Isaiah in a big way. In fact, in in the book of Isaiah, there's detailed descriptions of how Jesus was crucified on a cross. And the cross, the crucifixion uh, method was invented by the Romans, and the Romans weren't even around then at 450 years before Jesus. And so Isaiah 
Even though he described the cross long before, he's describing for us here. We're going to be looking at some other passages as well. In verse 17, um, in, um, in chapter 65, it says this, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Nor will they come to mind. He said, well, Frank, last week you talked about how uh, sort of of we will remember things when we go to heaven. Yeah, that's when we're in the the present heaven. When we die and we're in the present heaven, there are some things, as we read in in some passages this last week, there are some things we're going to to recall, even even some of our being of who we are and what we were known for, the good things, what we were known for, we will, we will have that recollection, recollection of our life there in the present heaven. But when the new heaven comes on the new earth, all of that would be passed away. And so as Isaiah said, see, I will create new heavens and a new earth. New heavens and new earth is all over scripture, like in Second Peter. Second Peter, who was, a, um, who was an apostle of Jesus Christ, Um, In chapter 3, verse 13, says, But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So you have an old prophet before Jesus, long before Jesus. You had an apostle there who walked with Jesus, heard Jesus talk about new heaven and new earth. And so, uh, so there is proof right there that there's going to be new heaven and new earth. And I can show you countless of other passages of scripture. And so this, this new earth, it, it, it's easy for us to imagine this new heaven on this new earth because it's familiar. Uh, let's say this. If I said, hey, I, I want to show you a new song. Like we introduced a new song um, here today that's new to our church and uh, the very first song. And we're introducing that song. But let's say if I, if I wrote a song and say, I want you to listen to this new song. Well, that song is going to have elements that every song has. It's going to have a melody. It's going to have rhythm. It's going to have a tempo, a speed of the song. It, it, it's going to have a, a, a probably a verse and a chorus, maybe another verse, maybe a bridge, maybe an instrumental with a guitar solo in it or whatever. But it's a song you've never heard before. But it has elements that you are familiar with. Oh, this must be verse 2. This is cool. I like this song. It's great. Good groove. Great. That is what Jesus is talking about with heaven, with, with heaven on earth. You can imagine it. Oh, yeah. Mountains, rivers, streams, beautiful sky. You know? Uh, and, and, but it's not going to have just those things. It's going to have things that, that you've never, ever seen before. And so we can find, we can expect to find earthly things on this new earth, on this new heaven. Will there be things like, you know, things we love doing? I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, would there be some, some entertainment values in that? Will there be, will there be SEC football? I mean, it'd be great if there'd be SEC football, you know? I mean, what a great weekend for SEC football or football in general. Uh, Some close games and some miracle catches and all kinds of stuff. But, but those kinds of things, we don't know that for sure. But can we imagine it? Yes. Can we, can we just imagine that there are hot Krispy Kreme donuts in heaven? Yes, we can. 
just little angels that you're, you know, just Krispy Kreme, you know? I mean, that's what I'm really hoping for. So, um, but we can imagine those things. And here's another thing we can imagine. We can imagine new bodies. And I, can I hear amen? Yeah, yeah, some of y'all, amen, amen. You know, don't look to your wife and say that, all right, guys? But we can imagine new bodies, and the Bible talks about that in, in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, verse 35 through 38, it says, But someone will ask, How are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as, as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. So he talks about how uh, that the dead will be raised, and there's other countless of scriptures. But what I love about this passage, it talks about how uh, a farmer will put a seed in the ground, and that seed looks nothing like uh, the end product. And so you put that seed in the ground, and then that seed sort of dies and is buried in the ground. And then through that death is raised to life and looks different and has new life and looks so much better than the seed. You and I on this present earth, we're just a seed. We're just a seed. And, 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 and when we die and we're, we're laying in the ground and um, or, or however, you know, someone asked me this week, what, what about, what about cre- uh, those people who are, who are cremated and choose to do that? It's the same, the same thing. You're, you're either laying the ground or your body, your body it, it has died, and so it has this death. But through that, through the resurrection, when we are all raised to life, that seed sprouts into something even more beautiful. Now, w- will, that, will that body have some neat, characteristics about it? I would imagine so. We could imagine that. I just hope we can fly. That's all I want to do. I just want to, I just want to fly, okay? I and mean, you've seen those, those videos on Facebook where those guys jump off these mountains and they have this like Batman wing things and they're, they're flying everywhere and, and it, they're going to hit trees and, you know, but they don't, you know, and I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that. But my wife, there's no way my wife will let me do that, you know, but, but I would love to do that, and I'd be scared to do that, but in heaven, we won't need all that stuff because it's, it's like built in. It's built in. I want to fly. Can we imagine that we can fly? Yes, we can. Now, here's one thing we can also imagine. Will we look like, will we look like aliens, you know, like the one eye and, you know, some sort of weird thing or whatever? I, you know, I, I really think that God's gave us this body that we have now. To, uh, to help us understand that this is pretty, you know, pretty similar to what we're going to have in heaven, you know? But, you know, no need to, to have, you know, go on diets or have surgeries or, you know, have, you know, facelifts or of those kinds of things, you know, no need for that because we're going to have a new body in heaven, um, we can all, we're also going to rest in heaven. In, in Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, um, it says this. 
It says, then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. So, the, uh, and there's other passages of the scripture that talks about rest. We will rest. We will rest in heaven. It's, it's, like, it's like vacation. It's like retirement. Totally. We're going to be able to relax. We're going to be able to sleep in. You know? Amen. We're going to sleep. No alarm clocks in heaven. <laughs> that awful sound, you know? And, and, and so none of that in heaven. We can relax. We can rest in heaven. And so this is sort of like our, our, our true retirement. Another thing we're going to do, we're going to serve in heaven. And you say, well, how can we rest in heaven and serve in heaven? Well, I don't know about you, but when we, if you are retired, and we do have some retired people in here, there are some people who are retired, they just, they just can't sit around and not doing anything. Yeah, they're, they're retired, but, but, they, but they serve. One lady in particular, we, we, uh, many of us know this lady. Her name is Betty Jo Bishop. Uh, Betty Jo Bishop is, uh, is here. I think she's in the back over there somewhere. There's, yeah, okay, there's Betty Jo. Now, Betty Jo uh, is uh, retired, and she retired recently, but she serves volunteers uh, in many capacities. But one of the main things that she does, she's our office manager uh, there at her new offices at, at Lake Point Church. And so she serves in that capacity. She volunteers. But you know what? She may text me one day and say, like, you know what, Frank? I don't really feel like coming in for a couple of hours. You know what? She could do that. You know why? Because she's retired. But she's still serving. It's kind of like what heaven's going to be like. You know, we're still going, we're still going to serve God's kingdom, we're still going to serve. We, there'll be, there'll be uh, people who will be, who will be teachers, and there'll be people doing all kinds of things. But, but it's, it's sort of like a retired, sort of like, yeah, let me, let me, let me, I, when I get around to doing this, I'm going to do this. But I may want to relax. I'm going to fly over this mountain. You know, I'm going to go fishing a little bit, and every, every, at the end of every pole is a big bass, you know. And so we can imagine those things. And we can also imagine serving. In Revelation chapter 22, uh, it says this, verse 3. Um, it says, No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. So will there be things to do? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want a heaven where you just sit around and just look at each other. You know, and hey, we're, we're going to go gather around the throne and sing, okay, we'll gather around the throne, and, which is going to be awesome, it's going to be amazing. Then you go back to your, you know, your, your, your palace or whatever Jesus is building for us, and you, and you visit with people and that kind of stuff, but you just got to want to be able to do something. And so God says, you know, you're, we're going to have opportunities to serve him. And so that's why God created work. God created work. It's like, you know, these, some of the similar things you do on this earth, guess what? You're going to do again on this earth, but in more majestic, amazing ways. And, and let me share with you in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. It says this, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Now, those are red letters. That's Jesus talking. 
And so Jesus is saying to us, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Jesus is telling us, for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, and we follow after him, he's telling us, take it. Take heaven. It's yours. It's yours. I want you to enjoy it. And so some people think, well, I'm just not, I'm not worthy of that. You know, I, I've, I've done some things. I've accepted Christ as Savior. I try to follow him. But my life in shame, no, 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 no. Let me tell you again, take it. It's yours. He's given it to you. We are children of the king. We are co-heirs with Jesus Christ, co-heirs of the kingdom. And so he's telling us to do that. And so as we sort of uh, wind down this, I want us to look at Revelation chapter 21. Now, if you have your copy of God's Word, feel free to follow along. But here's what we're going to do as we close out this message today. We're going to read, and it's up on the screen, and it's on the YouVersion app if you want that. But we're going to read the entire chapter of Revelation 21. They say, well, Frank, that's a lot. Well, as soon as we do that, I'm going to kind of wind it down with a few things but this right here is, a, is sort of a description of a new heaven and a new earth. And that, Now, again, to set this up, John, one of the apostles of, of Jesus Christ, uh, John um, was, um, he was sent on the Isle of Patmos, on the island of Patmos, and he was sent there um, and uh, just as punishment, uh, by, the, uh, by the Roman government, and he was sent there, and while he was there, a vision came to him. And that's what Revelation is. Revelation is the vision of, um, of God that he showed John. And, and there's some things in here that, that are pretty cool, and there's some things in here that'll, that'll give you nightmares as well. But it's, uh, it's, I encourage you to do a study on it. I have studied Revelation, one of these days I will, I will preach on the book of Revelation. I'm not, I'm not there yet. There's a lot I still don't understand. But I would love to do that one day. But I'm going to just read in chapter 21. It says, a new heaven and a new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people here on earth, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Hallelujah. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away, the old heaven and the old earth. Verse 5, he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. 
I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And you say, well, hold on, Frank, before we go any further. It just said liars. I've said a lie before. Does that mean I'm going to, be, uh, going to go to hell? Well, if, you, if you've never accepted Christ as Savior, if you've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins, if you don't believe in the cross of Jesus Christ and, and, and follow after Him, then yeah, you're, you're going to hell. I mean, it's not my words. It's not my message. I'm just a messenger. It's just what's in God's Word, which we believe all of this. And so, but, but you say, well, Frank, I've told lies and I've accepted Christ as Savior. yes. I've told lies too, and I try not to tell those lies. I try not to stumble. I try to keep my mind, my thoughts pure on things that are holy and righteous, and I do stumble. I do some things that, that aren't pleasing to the Lord, but I am bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't have to continue getting resaved and resaved and rebaptized over and over and over again. I have faith in Jesus Christ that He saved me, and I'm following after Him. And, and, and I'm going to heaven. And if that is you, you are going to heaven as well. Just wanted to make some clarity with that. Verse 9. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me. And he's talking about some, uh, some other things in, in Revelation. So come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. He's talking about the church. He's talking about you. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. He's trying his best to, to describe this. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. Now, he's not describing all of heaven. He's just describing J Jerusalem. He's describing a city in heaven. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. They were the three gates on the east, three on the north, three in the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. Okay, again, we're looking at what heaven, the new heaven and new earth is going to be like. Verse uh, 15, the angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city. Again, measuring the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with a rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide and as high as it is long. Now, stadia, what is that? What, is that, what does that mean? Uh, that basically um, equals to about 1,400 miles. Okay? So about 1,400 miles long. 1,400 miles wide is the capital of heaven. Now, you say, wow, that's pretty far. So how far is that? Pretty much exactly from Atlanta, Georgia to Denver, Colorado is 1,400 miles. Now, 
So imagine a city, the capital of heaven, from Atlanta to Denver, that wide, and it's just as long as a square, 1,400 by 1,400 miles. That's, that's a pretty big capital. That's a pretty big city. Um, the angel measured the wall using human measurement, and it was 144 cubits thick. That's basically 200 feet thick. So the wall was 200 feet thickness. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. And in, in in my Bible, it says these words don't even have, there's no translation for these words. I don't even know what they mean. So the 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. Verse 22, I did not see a temple in the city. So there's no church building. You know why? Because we are the church. You may say, oh, that's a nice church. When you drive by churches, what a, pretty, what a pretty church. It's a pretty building. The church is the people inside that. Okay, people don't, people don't drive by South Central and say, what a pretty church. <laughs> but if they walk in, they'll say, wow, what a beautiful church of people. So warm and just inviting. That's the biggest that's the biggest compliment we get from, from people who visit our church. You may be visiting the first time, and you were probably greeted many times over. So, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and the Lamb is its light. Now, will we have the actual sun? We don't know. God may change some things up. Remember, he's flipping earth. Okay, like you flip a house, he's just going to flip it, right? Uh, the nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You say, well, wow, he's talking about nations and, and cities. and Yeah, cities have buildings. Now, they're probably not going to look like buildings we created. They're going to have like buildings that Jesus, and Jesus created for us, God created for us. And so, uh, but, but just like cities have buildings, we're, there's going to be things that we can walk into or fly into, you know, my hope. And so, but here's the most important part of that of that passage that I read as I close out. The most important part of this passage is this. At the end, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. There's a book. I don't, I don't know if it's an actual book with a pen, you know, or I, I mean, who knows what God has designed, but I, we do know this. There's some sort of way that God has written your name down, reservation, into heaven.
if you have accepted Christ as Savior. Now I'm telling you, I'm going to remind you again. Satan, Satan does not want you to know about heaven. He does not want you to know about hell. He's got to get it off his radar, off of your radar screen as much as possible. Make you busy, make you not even imagine it. You can't imagine that. He's going to do everything he can. But let me tell you something. When you die, you will either go to the present heaven or you will go to hell. That's it. And so if you're sitting here thinking, Frank, if I die today, I don't know where I'd go. I, I, I just don't know. Let me tell you something. I, I don't say this pridefully. I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. Not because I'm a pastor. I've only been a pastor for two and a half years. Okay, I'm just still getting used to this thing. But I know I'm going to heaven because I got, I got the Holy Spirit inside me. I ask Jesus to be Lord of my life. I walk with him. I try to be, live a life of righteousness. I follow after him. I pray to him. I speak to him. He speaks to me. He told me to preach about the afterlife. I know I'm going to heaven. Do you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? If you don't, you need to change that today. I don't want you walking out of this room. I don't want you walking out of this room and risk losing your life and, and, and not have the opportunity to accept Jesus as Savior. So in a very reverent way, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. We're gonna, we're gonna close this out with this. This is a very important time. And we'll have announcements and we're all gonna go, go to our, our separate ways and stuff. But with no one looking around, I, I just want you to think about, Frank, if, if I were to die today, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that is you, with no one looking around, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you, if you were to die today, you are not sure if you would go to heaven. Okay, I see those hands. You're not sure. Okay. If you would like to know for sure that you know that you know that you would go to heaven, we're going to say a prayer together. And, with, and you can say this out loud or, or in your heart, but please keep an attitude of reverence. And those people who are believers, I want you to be praying right now. Just simply say this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you came into this world. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you are God's son. I confess my sin to you. Please forgive me of the things I've done. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Help me to live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for redeeming me. Thank you for being my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.